Welcome to What the Hex, your source for Warhammer Underworlds in under 30 swag counters earned in round one. Today I'm your host, Phil, and joining me, our friendly co-host Skylar. Skylar, how you doing? Doing all right. Yeah? Yeah? yeah. Just all right? <laughs> it's It's been rough work-wise. Yeah? So. Yeah? Been a busy week? Yeah. Uh, uh, I'm a little tired. Well, all right. More, hey, you know, it's how it goes sometimes. All right, folks. Well, for today's episode... We are going to be talking a little bit about the most recent FAR, uh, specifically some of the changes for championship, but uh, we're trying to do it in a little bit of a different way. Um, for folks who haven't seen already, uh, the new FAR list had some new beta rules for the Gnarl Spirit Pack and Black Powder's Buccaneers, so we figured it seems like a good setup to have them play each other and see how the changes shook out. Uh, so that's what we'll be talking about in this episode. But before we get going, uh, we've got a couple of our normal standard things to cover. Um, give you a little bit of context for today's episode. Uh, we're recording on February the 15th. Uh, this episode will be dropping shortly. Uh, we've got just about a month until Adepticon. So it is coming up fast for anybody who is still on the fence uh, just know registration for Adepticon is going to close on February 28th. That is going to be about a week after this uh, episode drops. And uh, yeah, um, we'll have plenty of people out there and we'd love to see you if you're in the area. It's super easy to just drop in and play some games, look at some games, check some stuff out. And if you're feeling like going the extra mile, uh, fly into the Chicago area and have a good weekend. Uh, but otherwise, other community shout outs. Skylar, is there anything in the Underworlds community that you would like people to know about? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so with the Depticon real quick, uh, if you are making it out, uh, there are a few of us that will be available for pickup games. Uh, so definitely, uh, find us on discord. Let us know that you're there, uh, and interested in a game. If we can make it happen within our, uh, event schedules, love to have a game with you. Uh, but regarding uh, additional shoutouts outside of Adepticon, there is a new blog that has emerged um, by uh, called The Staggerers by Michael K. Uh, he's got some information on his blog about the GSP and Hexbane, and uh, I would recommend giving it a go. Yeah, yeah, always cool to see somebody new jumping in. Uh, always appreciate everybody's perspectives, different takes on the game. Um, yeah, there's, there's so much to digest right now in Underworlds that, uh, you know, it's, it's really a, uh, embarrassment of riches almost and the total coverage that you can get. And, uh, I, I think that's good. I think the game needs that new blood. It needs some, you know, that, that, uh, excitement that newer folks can bring by making content. So glad to see somebody else stepping into the ring. Uh, in terms of other community shout outs, I wanted to give Benislav over on discord for Vassal a bit of a shout out here. He started a blog. It's over on a website called ageoftabletop.com. And, uh, he has his first guide up there and it is a guide to using what is called the shade glass app, which is something I had no idea even existed until I saw his article. 
and it is an app specifically for running tournaments of Warhammer Underworlds and is tailor-made for our game. Uh, so go check that out. Um, I haven't actually gotten to try out the app yet, but it looks really nice. So for any of you folks who also run tournaments like we do, probably something to try out. Um, I'm actually kind of excited about that. I think it'll be cool to try something other than best coast pairings because it struggles sometimes (laughs) (laughs) as anyone who's used it knows. Um, but yeah, so so that's our community shoutouts for today. Anything going on with you, Skylar, for hobby? What the heck is going on with you? Yeah, so outside of playing uh, the games for today, I had a chance to... So during our league right now, uh, Davey, myself, and a few others have taken on a challenge to like try to get as many unique warbands mixed into the fray as possible over the the eight uh week league so it means i'm building nemesis decks for war bands that i normally wouldn't uh and that's really cool uh my latest was dubbed uh, branch and claw and <laughs> <laughs> so that was a eltharius guardians and tooth and claw deck and i really enjoy just uh, when the puzzle is, you know, what 64 cards are you going to throw together, the two decks, and then how are you going to trim it down? Uh, it creates a very concise puzzle and makes, you know, exploring other picks much more approachable. So uh, as much as I love championship, I'm enjoying uh, right now you know, playing around with that puzzle uh, and seeing, you know, finding kind of other ways to enjoy the game outside of, engaging strictly with championship as i i tend to do (laughs) yeah yeah well and and it's a cool it's a cool different opportunity right because a lot of these war bands it's just so hard to play them in championship i mean either you have to have just a true love for the war band or you've got to have just this deep deep knowledge of hundreds of reps playing with them to have a good sense of how to make them run in the championship meta where they're not ideal and Nemesis affords you much more leeway, right? And so you get to really, you know, flex into some of these sort of oddball picks that maybe you normally wouldn't and uh, give them a spin, shake the dust off, if you will, because, uh, you know, when's the last time you saw Iltharius Guardians? <laughs> me? Actually, never. It was the yeah. first time I saw them yeah. on the table, either across from me or or in my own hands. <laughs> I suppose I suppose having started uh, late enough into Night Vault time that uh, not many people were even running them by the time you guys were starting. So, yep, yeah, it's a deep cut there. Um, something cool to see out though. Um, always, always really loved those sculpts. So I I appreciate seeing them out, even though it's hard to play the warband now. And let me tell you, that deck was actually. Uh, good fun within the constraints of nemesis i i enjoyed it nice nice um in a similar vein i've i've actually been playing a lot of black powders buccaneers um both for this but then also just to try them out in nemesis see how they go um and it's been a good time um i won't say that they're like my new favorite warband or gonna be a new uh staple for me but a lot of the beta rule changes make them feel like they've got some gas in the tank and uh really been enjoying that um 
also have my Seraphon that I continue to use for Nemesis, um, thinking about running them in Adepticon. Uh, so trying to get those reps, they're already painted up too. So it's a plus don't have to do the extra work, but, uh, that's all that's going on with me. Uh, any, any final thoughts before we move on to our main topic today? Yeah. So for those who may have caught the cross episode with battle mallet, where Brian and I joined them, I mentioned I'm a huge survival horror fan. So I wanted to quickly give a shout out to one of my favorite games uh, of all time, uh, Dead Space. I recently got a remake and outside of Underworlds and uh, some long hours for work lately, I've been able to steal a few moments and enjoy that. And it has been amazing. Uh, As a longtime fan of the series, uh, it's... I I highly recommend it. It's phenomenal. And I'm very happy to be here and not now in a uh, divided community uh, for that (laughs) game. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Nice. Um, I did not expect a deep cut into survival horror uh, (laughs) genre, but that is always cool. Um, Without further ado, then, shall we bat rep? Let's do it. All right. So for folks who've listened to these before, you kind of know what we're going to do here. Um, We try to run down the game um, to sort of top to bottom, give you an idea of what happened. We're going to try and go a little bit faster uh, today. I I will say we tried playing um, multiple games of this. I played one against Davey and then played the game here with Skylar. And both games being aggro against aggro tended towards being rather dicey uh where a lot of the game was just dice rolls um which you know we don't want to dwell on that too much that's just part of this game and so we're going to try and just uh give the blow by blow and get through it quickly so that we can try and give you some of our thoughts about the changes and how they affected the warband but i think before we actually talk too much about what happened in the game let's let's give people a little primer um so so you were playing gnarl spirit pack what what was your just at a very high level what was your deck yeah so i was going to sit down and build a deck off of davy's skeleton so davy had uh sat down and played a game with you first uh so i wanted to take a look at what he'd built up uh for the gnarl spirit pack before i went my own route uh, well, taking a look at his deck, <laughs> it actually won me over and because it was a deck I <laughs> that included a ton of cards that I would not normally include for myself. And I went, you know what? I just want to try this. Yeah. So the overall goal of the deck, it, it definitely skewed aggro. Um, there was a little bit of um surprises in there so there's sudden demise which um you know so it's a daring delvers deck uh so anytime you're running daring delvers you should be thinking about sudden demise and um that so that itself isn't too much of a surprise uh stealthy advances in there so you know making sure that you're landing somewhere in opponent's territory um but conquest and great gains are also in here um (laughs) yeah i was shocked to see conquest yeah uh you know uh spoilers i i 
didn't really like Conquest, but I was curious to see how it would go in here. And I tend to not like to include um, a third end phase and great gains. I kind of think that they'll they'll often cannibalize each other um, yeah. if they if they come into the hand um, together. So I just tend to avoid that. But again, was curious to see how that was going to work here. Um, and then as far as like upgrades and gambits go, some highlights in here. So Grievous Repost uh, caught my eye. It's a card I've definitely never run before. Uh, play this after a failed range one attack action that targets a friendly fighter. If there was one or more crits uh, in the defense role, deal two damage to the attacker. Um, I also tend to not play Chaos. So Victory's Reward uh, was an interesting pick. Uh, where you're playing this after a friendly fighter's range one or range two attack action that takes the target out of action. Pick one, heal two from that friendly fighter or give that friendly fighter one guard token. Um, And although these cards uh, are powerful in their own right, uh, unfair fights um, and barging forward uh, have never made it into any of my decks. Um, I haven't really had the brawlers to support the bonus damage that barging forward can offer, uh, which is a, a scatter of five, and then you push in, and if the chain ends uh, in interruption, um, or, well, it can be interrupted, but wherever it ends, uh, if you were using a brawler uh, for that scatter, you can deal one damage to one enemy fighter adjacent to the chosen fighter. Um, and... Uh, since, since I mentioned on for fight, I'll just read that one real quick. Uh, reaction, play this during a friendly fighter's attack action. After the declare attack action step, if that friendly fighter has one or more supporting fighters, stagger the target. Uh, the attack That attack action has Grievous until it has been resolved. So as soon as I saw Unfair Fight, I knew why it was in here. It's in here because Lupin can support from so far away. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not a card that I normally play around with. So... Uh, when I saw it, I was like, Ooh, that's like, it was the continued fuel towards, you know what? I'm just going to try this out. Um, and weighty blessings in here, uh, which is something that again, just, uh, cause I normally <laughs> don't play chaos. Uh, I uh, don't that, get to play that card. I see, <laughs> I see it all the time, but yeah. Uh, yeah. So, uh, I think that's, that's most of the highlights. There's dark water anchor in here, which I, I always, um, I really like that card. Um, but it's been my 11th card. So, uh, sure. yeah, this was another instance where I was like, Ooh, like, yeah, let's, let's give it a go. Um, yeah. so yeah, so yeah. Um, but mo- mostly aggro across the board and actually only, let's see, two, three, I think three, uh, ping options, including barging forward for mm-hmm. sun demise. Yeah. Um, so, and Duel of Wits, because Davy's a man after my heart. <laughs> draw, draw those cards. Uh, and, and so, I guess to highlight um, what, why we were trying this out. Is, so, the beta rule for Gnarl Spirit Pack is that you will change the struggle ability for each fighter with it, which is all of them, to after this fighter's activation, you can give this fighter one spirit counter. At the start of this fighter's activation, you can remove this fighter's spirit counters. So in essence, so it's just slowing down when you would get the spirit counters, which means you don't become a beast before your activation. And so in turn one, at least 
what I was thinking about was that I won't be as fast. I won't have some of the additional abilities. Um, how impactful did you think that that change was going to be? And we'll, we'll come back to how impactful it actually was. But before the games, what did you think it was going to do? Yeah, so, you know, on first read, I didn't think it was going to move the needle much, uh, if at all, um, especially on its own. Uh, so like if we were to compare nemesis to championship real quick, like championship, uh, not only, uh, is this rule, um, in the beta rules for them, uh, and can be applied to your game, but they also had three restrictions. So you have to deck build with those in mind. Um, so that helps hit their power level there. Uh, whereas in nemesis, those cards are still going to be available to them. Um, so I'm, I wasn't thinking it would move the needle much. What I did realize um, pretty early on was that it be due to the timing, if you want to inspire somebody in two activations, then they're actually not going to see their beast mode benefits. Uh, so that's interesting because that simply wasn't the case before. And um, I was curious like, if that would bring about any hard decisions where they might belay that as a result or um, slow them down enough. Uh, and yeah, uh, I guess that was kind of my first impressions. Yeah. So we were, we were pretty much on the same page there. Um, and yeah, like I said, we'll, we'll come back to it. I think your point about the restrictions list does uh, impact Gnarl Spirit Pack quite a bit. And I think that, that is an important thing to keep in mind uh, with with these games is that it's it's not only the beta rules, but then also um, a bunch of accuracy stuff got taken down a peg. Some of it was even forsaken, which is surprising. I didn't expect that. And uh, so, so between having stuff that's restricted in Tooth and Claw and in Gnarl Spirit's uh, faction deck, you really end up with a situation where there's a lot of options that you are sort of using as your go-to cards that are now restricted. Um, and I know talking to Davey, he, he mentioned that the reason he didn't even use tooth and claw for this deck is because he ended up having so many restricted cards that it didn't make as much sense to actually run it anymore. Um, in terms of black powder, uh, so, so black powder actually gets quite a bit more of a change um, and I think that that makes sense because black powder is a warband that has been viewed probably as underpowered for quite a long time now, probably basically since they came out. Um, and so now uh, the light fingered rule has been changed for the fighters with light finger to be a reaction where after a friendly fighter's successful attack, so note does not have to be this fighter. It can just be a friendly fighter's successful attack action that targets a fighter adjacent to this fighter. Gain one swag counter. In addition, you can pick one of the target's upgrades and break that card. So that second part then is important because it's it's breaking the claws of the light-fingered reaction and gaining the swag counter and breaking the upgrades into two separate parts of the ability. So now you can do light-fingered even if your opponent doesn't have an upgrade. Um, so that is a big deal because that's how your little guys all inspire. Um, you need swag counters to be able to shoot the gun. 
and swag counters are also useful for scoring some of your objectives. So ultimately, there's a lot happening here. I thought after reading through this that I thought this is going to be a huge change for Black Powder. Um, you know, they'll be able to start getting inspired in round one. They'll be able to get swag counters a lot faster. They'll have a lot more potential to get swag counters. And they still have the upside of breaking objectives or upgrades. So going into this, I was thinking this is a big impact. This is going to make these guys probably at least playable, if not just outright good. Um, and so building the deck, I was thinking, um, you know, it's a warband that usually is probably going to be a little bit on the glory bleed side, but you know, you, you have to just be aggressive in some ways because there's not a lot else that they're good at because you can't rely on just surviving holding. So I made a bit of a flex where you're trying to get swag counters, stand on feature tokens, and then try and use uh, a big old black powder to chop some people up. Um, a couple of notes of interesting combinations of cards that you can use. I was running Tooth and Claw. Um, having an innate beast in the bird, Shriek, um, called a heal is an interesting option to use even when you don't have anybody charged or savage. Um, Dark Command is just a ping for the bird anytime you want. You can just move him into position and Dark Command somebody because um, he's always a beast also running unfair fight because you have some push shenanigans um and then there's some weird stuff you can do with shriek uh because of a card called flurry of claws where he can make a well any one of your companions which is also mange can make an attack action um that's on their fighter card uh the combinations that i have to go with that are brutal transformation so you can have plus two damage um so then you can like fly the bird into position and then make a three damage grievous attack. Um, and then just running a bunch of the other sort of standard aggro stuff, great strength, extra damage from that, uh, curse boarding party, dark parasites, you know, the sort of normal stuff. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, were there any thoughts that you had when you read the new rules for black powders stuff for beta rules? Yeah, I'm hoping I am not alone out there. I read the beta rule change without the warband up in front of me. So without the the reference, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> what? Uh, I could not imagine, like, bring to mind what changed. And that, that I think just has to do with the fact that we don't <laughs> see much of them. So I was like, okay, something changed here. I know something changed. <laughs> how, how is this any different than how they always work? Exactly. Um, yeah. But when I, when I pulled them up, you know, I realized that they were going to have a easier time inspiring. I had definitely forgotten what their inspired stats looked like. Oh my gosh. Um, <laughs> they get defensive real fast. Uh, so I noticed like that there was that separation and um, that I expect to to see a lot more inspired fighters was, was kind of my ultimate takeaway there. Yeah, yeah. Cool. All right, so that's a pretty brief overview of the two decks. I don't think you need a full rundown to know what's going on here. Um, so yeah, we we just decided we'll we'll run them into each other new rules see who comes out on top uh we're we're taking 
lowest of the low and the highest of the high and seeing if they can meet somewhere in the middle. Um, and well uh, it, I'll, I'll say it was pretty fun um, regardless of how the games actually went. Like I said, they ended up being a lot of dice. Um, but uh, yeah, it was fun. And I, I thoroughly enjoyed this little experiment. So without further ado, let's get into it. All so right. we start things off. Uh, we rolled off. You won the roll off. You chose to place the first board. Uh, what what was your thinking there? Yeah, I wanted to uh, fix stealthy advance for myself uh, sure. as best as possible. Was ultimately yeah. what it was. Yeah, yeah. So then you have an easy placement of a first objective in a spot that'll be uh, a landing zone for you, if it if you will. Um, and to go with that, you do indeed place your first objective just right across the line in enemy territory. Um, having objectives in enemy territory also synergizes with one of your infaction cards, so it definitely makes a lot of sense to have some control of that. Um, I suppose you probably weren't really concerned with me trying to like offset or longboard you because uh, you're fast and I'm not. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, and I know that you want to get into my territory. Yeah, well, if you're leaning into those objectives. Yeah, well, and you know I'm playing tooth and claw, so you kind of yeah. know that. Yep, that's gonna be how it goes. So yeah, we go through some objective placement. I place mine with similar thoughts in mind that I want stuff right across the line, so I have those landing spots. There's a few um, infaction cards, like I had mentioned, where they want you to be standing on feature tokens. Um, and they specifically say in enemy t- or well, some of them say in enemy territory, some say not in your territory, but regardless, they need to not be on my side. So I was thinking about doing the exact same thing as Skylar. Um, next one, you place another one just across the line in my territory. Makes a lot of sense. Uh, this one is further over to the left side of the board. Um, I then place another one as close as I can to the center line starting to see a pattern here and then the final one has to get stuck in the sort of back line of my territory because we're running out of spots to put them yes that is all the objectives placed um we go ahead and draw some cards uh at this point we have to make our mulligan decisions you choose to mulligan everything. Um, what uh, what was going through your mind in mulliganing all your cards? Yeah, so uh, my opening objectives include uh, divine attention. So I'm going to need to I'm going to need some glory feel for this because uh, although it's a hybrid um, where you can choose uh, an enemy with three or sorry a friendly fighter with three or more uh, ploys. Uh, it's that choose keyword, so the likelihood of getting um, three ploys uh, targeted on the same person. Uh, very small, in fact, probably impossible in this build, if I'm being frank. Um, <laughs> so it's going to require uh, some fuel. So it's a bad surge to get out of the gate. Yep. Um, I've got Shocking Raid. Score this immediately after your Warband's second or subsequent successful attack action in the same round. And although I think that that's probably pretty likely, it's the only surge then uh, that I've got going for myself. And uh, raise and pillage 
uh, actually, this is another card earlier that I was mentioning um, kind of drew me into playing this deck uh, because it's a two glory end phase uh, duel. Uh, and it scores if one or more friendly fighters are on a feature token in enemy territory and each surviving friendly fighter in enemy territory has one or more upgrades. So it can actually be scored off of a single fighter just hanging out on uh, a feature token in enemy territory uh, for two glory. So uh, although I think that's good, it's not going to pull me uh, into keeping this hand. I would rather try for more surges um, and... Uh, that, that's ultimately what ends up driving this decision. I have three upgrades, uh, almost inconsequential what they are, Unfair Fight and Flame Wisps. Unfair Fight, I'm probably not going to be getting the supports early. I need to get Lupin inspired to make that really work. And Flame Wisps, I don't have Sudden Demise in hand, and I don't know if I'm going to draw it. So I'd rather just uh, get that back into the deck and possibly draw it when I need it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so we'll draw out your next hand. Um, I will, uh, end up doing a similar thing. Um, so I started out with two end phases that rely on me having swag counters. So this is eye on the prize and loaded with booty, um, loaded with booty. You need to have two swag counters and then you have to have two or more friendly fighters, not uh, on feature tokens, not in your territory and eyes on the prize is just have three or more swag counters but if you score this when you have six or more you get an additional glory point so it's uh it's good in the end game it is not necessarily great in turn one um you can score it at least but it's not it's not really where you want to be i don't think um and then the surge and this is sort of the reason for why I completely got rid of the hand because the cards are working against each other. The The other surge is broadside, which is fire uh, the Grunderbuss from Black Powder a second or subsequent time in the same phase. So if I want to be stacking swag counters, I can't be firing his gun. So those, those are sort of a non-bow if you get them in the same hand. And then I had four upgrades and barging forward. So I was definitely thinking, let's try and get some more ploys. Yeah. So with eyes on the prize, um, given the change, do you think it's easier to get to that six swag? Uh, in the games that I've played, I have only gotten to six once. Okay. And that's that's with like most everything kind of going my way. I still think six is probably unlikely to happen. Um. I think it's it's a win more if you happen to get there. But getting to three is fairly trivial if you're not just firing the gun a whole bunch of times. So I feel like a two glory end phase that's almost guaranteed is really nice. Got it. I would agree. Yeah. So All right. So let's start with your hand uh, on the redraw. Yeah. What'd you get? Yeah, so so after the mulligan, I ended up with the more the meaner, which is a surge for destruction. You can score this immediately if a friendly fighter makes an attack action with two or more supporting fighters. Um, so this is actually something that I like for this warband quite a lot because when you move either pegs and KG or black powder, you have a free push with either shriek or mange, respectively. Um, and so in two activations, you could very easily have 
somebody with double supports, if you were to bring in one of your fighters to try and make an attack, I then have a pretty easy situation where if you didn't kill that fighter and they were still next to you, that I could pick that up pretty much guaranteed. Um, because you don't have to actually succeed on the attack. It's just make the attack. Um, uh, sure. Other one is Gold Diggers, which is a surge for having two or more friendly fighters on feature tokens where one of them is in enemy territory. Um, again, fairly straightforward. And with the bird being speed five with flying, uh, it can be very easy to just fly him in enemy territory because it's not hold, it's just be on. Um, so you can do it with a beast. And then the final one was Fearless Seekers, which um, not amazing to have, but I guess if I'm going to get it, um, I'd rather get it early, so I felt fine with that. Um, unfortunately, though, in the power hand, I drew into five more upgrades. Um, so I was looking pretty bad there. The only one that I really liked seeing in this hand is Trogoth Grease, which just lets you put Mange or one of the minions on guard forever, uh, which is strong on Mange, not so much on the other guys. Uh, so, how about you? What did you draw? So you're saying you saw nine out of ten. I did uh, upgrades. I, I saw nine out of ten upgrades in my first ten power cards drawn. You are absolutely correct. <laughs> That's rough. You'd think that the next five cards would all be ploys, right? You'd hope. You would You'd hope. hope. One would hope. Uh, all right. What uh, What did you mulligan into? Yeah. So. Uh, I mulligan into Conquest. Uh, so I've got a third end phase to start the game off uh, with. So there's going to be that constant um, pressure to either hold it and reduce my you know, options to two for the rest of the game, or do I decide to toss it out uh, and free up that slot? Um, so I've got that going early. And then Stealthy, uh, stealthy Advance and Sudden Demise make up the other two spots. So... Very happy to see Stealthy Advance. That's going to be a very easy glory because it doesn't need to be a successful attack. So that's pretty guaranteed with yeah. uh, the two landing spots I've carved out for myself, um, as well as the fact that you can use um, like cover or lethals. Um, and those exist here. They do. Uh, so Sudden Demise doesn't have any fuel at this point in time outside of Grievous Repost. Oh, so there's four, <laughs> four pings in the deck if you count Grievous Repost. Um, uh, I've got Weighty Blessing uh, as an as another power card um, or uh, Gambit Ploy. Uh, but I do have three upgrades. Feeling a little happier with the three upgrades, though, because I'll be able to get one uh, likely after that first activation. So I've got Unfazed, um, Brute Resilience, which is one of their plus one wounds, and Dark Water Anchor. So... A uh, pretty solid opening hand for, um, like it's an upgrade from what I'm all looking out for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, so then we go ahead and we deploy. Um, I end up winning the roll off. I'll have I have you start. Uh, fairly basic setup here. You've got Kieran Goral in the front, Lupin and Sarkar a bit further back. Um, I don't think there's a whole lot to say about that. It makes a lot of sense, but if you've got any particular thoughts that you wanted to share, go ahead. Oh, um, 
Lupin and Kier are hiding from black powder. That's yep. That's about all there is. <laughs> that makes makes sense. Um, and and then you know, speaking of on my side, black powder is right at the front, um, which makes sense. He's got Goral in range of his gun to start, and uh, in in position to be able to charge on a couple of different options, um, given his range two cutlass. I've got uh, Pegs, Mange, Shriek, and KGL kind of hiding behind him. Um, with Shriek and Mange sort of in the middle of the board. Pegs is kind of having to be the sacrificial lamb here. And then KG, because of his range attack, can be even further back and not try and not die immediately to Goral's hammer or Kira's axes. Uh, and that sets the stage. We are ready to get going here for the first round. We roll off. I sneak it in with a single. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, because you had the, the extra crit. Yep. Yep, so, the inherent crit. So you're starting things off. What what are you choosing to do here? Yeah, so right now, um, if this was pre-rules, or like the beta rules, uh, then I could activate Kira immediately and run her in versus... Um, so we've got pegs in between my choice of black powder or mange with a landing spot um, accommodating either choice there. And um, you know this, uh, which is why... Uh, you like that probably affected your placement. You weren't as worried about Akira. Yeah, um, I'm not. I'm not getting scythed. scythed before I can move somebody. <laughs> yep, exactly. Well, I want to put the pressure on you. I want to force Pegs to move. So I actually spend my first turn uh, putting Kira on guard, uh, simply so that after that activation, I'll get the choice to give her the spirit counter and turn her into a beast. So then going into my uh, a subsequent turn, I'll have either a feature token next to Black Powder to land on or a cover token next to Mange to land on, getting me stealthy advance. And if you don't move pegs, if you decide um, that you have something else more pressing, I'll get a scything opportunity as well. Yeah, yeah. A bit of a surprise move um from my side until you decided to play your power cards what did you uh, play in the power step uh to follow that up i tossed weighty blessing out on kira uh, <laughs> yeah so, so now uh two two block on guard is is always good right <laughs> yep and i think without weighty blessing in hand you're i think i think you're right i don't make that play um, but because of Black Powder's current position, um, if I go on guard, he might decide, you know what, I'll take my chance and come in and uh, try to cut her down for three damage. Yep. Yeah. So uh, that is that is certainly not what I was expecting. Highly unfortunate because I was hoping to put some damage on her early while she was still easy to hit. Um. I don't have anything I can play in the power step, obviously, because I have no ploys. So I go into my first activation. I just decide I need to get pegs moved. Um, so I send him in, and I know I want to be on two feature tokens. So I decide I'll just charge him onto the objective right next to Hira and try and just hit and inspire pegs. Um, it's a long shot, but he doesn't really have any better options, and if I leave him where he is and do something with black powder, you can come in and scything the next turn. So I do that. I go for it. I whiff and 
nothing happens so he is just in there and i'm hoping that you decide for some reason that you would leave him alone so that he can uh, just hang out on that objective for me um you do not play any power cards what is your next activation uh my next activation is capitalizing on uh mange's current position uh before he moves uh away so i do run down and grab the cover there uh, scoring myself stealthy advance regardless of how this attack goes and hopefully um, killing a monkey before he gets a chance to inspire. Uh, I yeah. also roll a major whiff here on four dice, zero successes. Yeah, nothing. Yep. Uh, I do manage to roll the success, but I didn't even need it. Um, so pretty nice. Going into yeah. the power step, as you say, you score your objective. Anytime you can make a play with a consolation prize, um, yeah. it, it always feels good. Absolutely. Um, and so then you pass in the power step. So you have the glory, but you decide not to use it yet, which yeah. suggests to me that you maybe have offensive upgrades. Uh, what did you draw into after you scored? So I immediately re regretted my placement with Kira. Uh, because I drew into Raise and Pillage. So what uh -huh. that now means for me is that that one glory isn't going to go far enough because she's not on a feature token. Yep. So if I want to score Raise and Pillage, I'm going to have to bring in a second fighter into your territory, specifically onto a feature token, and I'm going to have to use my glory carefully here uh, to make sure I can get upgrades down on anybody there. So had I not drawn into raise and pillage i actually probably would have played a defensive upgrade at this time uh because i have plus one wound plus one defense in unfazed uh and dark water anchor um in hand as well to reduce like range three damage mm -hmm. and at this point in time i know i'm probably going to be moving goral in um and i'd like him to take as little damage as possible so he'd probably be getting that dark water anchor but I do not know yet where I want that glory to go, given the card I drew. Yeah. So into my second. Uh, so I'm kind of torn here as to what I want to try and do. I could I could have left Mange there, like I had mentioned earlier, and try to set up the double support thing to get the more the meaner. But I figure Pegs is probably going to die soon, so I might as well try and take advantage of getting another fighter onto a feature token to score um, gold diggers because it may not be possible very soon. So I actually go with a charge with KG to attack Kira, which lets me push Mange onto the feature token. So he is now in a better position to do stuff uh, later and he is um, no longer next to Kira. I go for the attack and again, I roll no successes and but as I mentioned, I get the Constellation Prize, Skull Gold, Gold Diggers, and we can move forward with a little bit of glory, which is nice because I do have all upgrades. Um, at this point, I feel pretty bad because I just draw into Eyes on the Prize, which I had just gotten rid of. So <laughs> I'm now back in the same situation. But I know now with Eyes on the Prize that I, I do potentially want to hold on to my swag if I think I can afford to do so. Um, in the power step, I go ahead and spend that right away because I just moved mange forward. So I was going to give him the Trogoth Grease. So we now have a two dodge mange on guard sitting on that objective. Um, 
you pass power and go to your next activation. What are you doing here with Lupin? Yeah, so this uh, was actually a difficult decision at this point in time because I know I need to get Goral down uh, onto the feature token just across the line. Um, but if I move him down now, uh, you still have two activations left, and I'm essentially inviting two attacks from Black Powder, uh, one at no cost of movement at all, and then one you know, uh, with repositioning available to you in it. So I... Uh, clench my gut and decide to uh, move Lupin onto the second objective in my territory, um, which is sitting about center of my territory. Um, it's one that you could have reached, and it's one that I thought you might need. So tossed him there, yeah. and it's within range three of where Pegs is sitting on the other feature token. So I'm going to try to take out Pegs. Yep, and you get that crit. Take him right out. So with... The charge, Pegs goes down. Uh, at this point, Lupin picks up his spirit counter. So he is now beastly and has extra defense. Um, and I found a way to get that second glory as well, which was a, another yeah. factor in this decision. Yeah, so now you you have the availability for some extra glory. Uh, feels pretty bad for me. I expected it. To some degree, I didn't really expect you to just go sit on the objective, though. It was a smart play on your part. It definitely interrupts my fearless seekers. I now have to engineer some way to try and stop you from being on that token in the future. And that's just not really looking like it's in the cards. So I have to shift game plan here a little bit. Uh, so for my third, I decide... I'm probably not getting a lot of accurate attacks with the companions because you're not coming to me and um, I just need to start putting down some damage. So I decide I'm going to use black powder, I'm going to make an attack, and I'm going to start trying to chip away at Goral at this point because you haven't activated him yet, so he doesn't have two defense dice. So I do go ahead and roll a crit with the gun, take two damage off of Goral, uh, feels pretty decent. I drive him further away because he is slow. Um, what I didn't know is that you just want to get him onto that feature token. So, uh, oops. But, you know, in, in hindsight, I thought you were going to be trying to be more aggressive than you were with this deck. Yeah, makes sense. It feels so weird having not activated Goral three turns into the game. And <laughs> yeah. <laughs> double defense. Yeah. <laughs> So you go to your uh, final, and you finally do activate Coral. Yep, and uh, get him down onto uh, the objective I need him to be on. So no attack of opportunity there um, based on uh, my range one limitation. Yep. Um, so it's just a move, and I uh, slide into power here and toss an anchor down yep. onto Coral. Yep. So you're now on the objective, can't be pushed off of it, and you... Uh, give yourself a little bit of protection against gunshots but uh at this point i can't make any more gunshots anyway because i don't have any more swag um you then go ahead and play another upgrade what uh what you throwing down here yeah so um i can either throw it on unfazed or um my plus one wounds here uh and i go for the plus one wounds on kira um i was definitely between unfazed because you know both Goral and her can benefit from the brawler ruling on it yep. um but with her three health i don't you know i i don't know your deck 
I know that uh, Gorlock hasn't moved yet, and he could come in and get a lucky three damage um, slice down on me with that cutlass, and I would like to survive that. So yeah, uh, go for the plus one wound. Um, something notable with you too is uh, unfazed doesn't work quite as well uh, because um, a lot of your um, fighters have ranged attacks. Well, I suppose it's About only half. the two fighters. Yeah, <laughs> two of five. Yeah, it, yeah. it feels like more. Um, yeah, it's. Hmm. I mean, black powder is so integral that it it matters a lot. But no, uh, both the animals are range one. Pegs is range one, although he's dead at this point. And uh, KG is range three, but KG doesn't do a lot. So yeah, I yeah. guess the ranged attacks are more often on my mind than the. Uh, than the ones there <laughs> yeah so. well the the big the big ogre tends to draw people's attention um i will have i will say that this basically at this point kira's on multiple defense dice for wounds i am pretty much thinking i should try you know unless i can kill her in one hit i should probably just leave her alone um it's going to be difficult to put the damage down um but at this point, really, all my targets are hard to hit. So things are starting to look bad. Um, I don't have good setup for attacks. Um, but uh, as you mentioned, there's the chance to get in with Black Powder and knock somebody out. Because Goral has two wounds, Lupin has three. So we go to my final activation here. I do a charge with Black Powder across the line into your territory where I'm in reach of both Goral and Lupin. Um, setting up for the future, um, in case I land the hit and get the kill, I then at the start of the next turn could have reach to somebody else. So, uh, as part of moving black powder, I can push shriek. So I push shriek into supporting position against Goral and I figure with two smash with single supports against your two block, it's not horrible odds to try and get this hit in. So I figure I'll take it now. Um, I managed to roll a smash and a crit. And you managed to roll a block and a crit. Uh, so feeling very deflated about that. Yeah, I saw um, that crit success and went, oh, no. I yeah. thought it was going to be raise and pillage. Uh, you know, my uh, high defense Goral unit. Um, so I, th I thought that was going in. Um, but yep. uh, we matched dice. Yeah, so so as you can kind of guess, this this is sort of the start of some of the diciness that we had mentioned earlier. Um, at this point, I can't do anything else, so um, we go to your scoring. You do manage, as you've been mentioning, you get your raise and pillage because you've got one fighter on a feature token who has an upgrade. Um, so there's two glory there. Throwing out some upgrades, unfazed, goes on to Goral, so now he's got three defense dice. Feels real rough for me. And uh, you draw back up. What do you draw into? Yeah, I was happy I didn't toss unfazed down earlier. Um, that I was mindful of the fact, you know, Kira's already on two shields. She, she could use the extra health instead. Because now, since Shriek is adjacent to Goral, it doesn't matter who the attack comes from. Yep. He's going to get that plus one defense. So that, that felt good. Uh, as far as drawing up, um, I do keep two my two objectives. So I end up, uh, falling to the pressure of the third end phase card and holding it. And I think that was a mistake <laughs> here um, because you're getting into my territory. So in order to score conquest, um, I'm going to have to shift my focus from 
um, you know, dealing with you in my territory to getting into your territory. Uh, not necessarily now, but eventually. And um, I, I, I would have rather have discarded and had more options in the moment, yeah. um, especially since I was keeping Sudden Demise alongside it. Um, so I draw Divine Attention. Uh, I feel pretty good about that. I'm going to have um, one glory going into the round, and I have um, drawn a nice power suite. I've got Dual Wits, Center of Attention. Uh, I held Grievous Repost uh, just for the off chance that it lands me Sudden Demise. Um, but at this point in time, I haven't been rolling crits against range one attacks. Yep. Um, I get Conqueror Circlet. Uh, which uh, continues to make their speed threat uh, <laughs> that much more obnoxious. Yep. And then um, Preter, Preternatural Senses, which is a, a reroll one dice in the spider's defense rolls, and this fighter uh, ignores the rules for cover hexes while making an attack action. So yeah. got that in my pocket to add to my defense. For sure. It's it's feeling, feeling scary. Um, I can't score any of the stuff that i've got i didn't manage to get any light fingered uh attacks to land so um i I didn't get any swag counters so i couldn't score those i couldn't get double supports although i kind of chose to give that up and then i i didn't have enough activations after you did lupin to really make fearless seekers possible so i kind of gave up on that as well here in the end step i decide i'll pitch a bunch of my upgrades um, because I, I just don't have the glory to get them out. Um, just, just try and chew through the hand a little bit. I, I do keep all the objectives though, which I mentioned in the game in the moment that like, maybe this is a mistake, but like if I can just land a couple of hits, I can pick up eyes on the prize. If I can pull one person in to attack, help me attack with Goral, I can pick up the more, the meaner, um, so ultimately, it really doesn't feel too out of the question. And then if we can sort of shift the game plan to Fearless Seekers at the end of the round, that would be fine. Yeah. Um, and if you're if, spending all your uh, targeting, you know, on Lupin, he's not exactly the most defensive fighter. You should be able to budge him. Yeah. Until he inspires. Um, but right. it, I end up drawing... <laughs> I end up drawing two more upgrades. So I still have four upgrades in hand and uh, healing potion, which I don't feel bad about healing potion, but it's like none of this hand is going to be helping me towards my objectives. Um, And so it's just feeling like I'm playing a bit behind. We roll off and thankfully I do win the roll off here. So I do choose to go first and I start with black powder and we're just going to try and land another hit. Uh, I do manage to roll, um, and this is against Lupin. I'm trying to get him off that objective and before he inspires. Um, so I managed to roll one success, and you managed to roll one success. So no hit, but I do manage to drive you back, get you off the objective, try to free things up for Fearless Seekers. Um, in the power step, uh, you don't have anything... And I don't have anything. So we go to your first activation. So you're activating Lupin. Um, you're removing his spirit counter so that he can be uh, inspired at the end of this activation. And what what is the play with Lupin? Uh, this is a uh, charge back onto the objective here. And I believe I'm going for Shriek 
yep. uh, because Shriek is supported by Goro at this point in time. So uh, I want to get in on that two dodge defense before it cranks up to three. Yeah, that's definitely what you go for. You roll the crit, though, and uh, even with two dodge, it's not enough. And uh, he's out of there. So dead bird, um, things are looking bad for me now. I am down one of my most important fighters. Shriek does a lot of stuff, especially in this deck. Um, so not feeling great about that attack getting through. Um, so I'll get you another glory. And the impact, then he, impact rule doing a lot of work for me this game. Yep. Yep. And Lupin is now inspired. So he is now supporting all your beasts, which is everybody but Sarkar. Um, feels pretty bad. No power cards are played. Um, at this point, I'm a little bit at a loss for what to try and do i kind of just want to get more of my fighters into position for the later activations for being able to try and pick up fearless seekers and the more the meaner but um i don't really want to just throw somebody adjacent to one of your fighters um but you know i i figure glory is going to help me get these upgrades out which should help me uh you know work through some of your stats so i'm going with kg here engineering an attack with kg where i can then push mange into support with lupan um and so by doing this i'm hoping i can hit him um kg also has ensnare so your two dodge is less impactful and at the very least i can use this as sort of a setup for a later turn with the more the meaner um but I go for the attack and I roll one. Well, I, I roll two successes, but you managed to get two successes as well um, because of the way Lupin's. Or no, 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 no. I, I managed to make the hit. I'm forgetting because you lose the ability to count doubles when you're inspired. So right. I land the hit with KG, get a damage on. Um, feeling like I've managed something there because I can drive Lupin into a position where he's now adjacent to Black Powder and Mange, um, which, as I mentioned, it, it sets up for the future activation where I can have double support. Um, so we go into your power step. Um, oh, and, and I managed to inspire Mange off of that as well because I pull the token. Um, but you, you have a, a nasty little... Uh, surprise for me i do so uh in pulling lupin uh into black powder and mange so you're gonna get those supports on them uh lupin becomes supporting for me <laughs> against those targets so uh with kg only one away i use center of attention to pull him into the mix as well uh, and kira is a jog's width of four hexes away so even with weighty blessing um, yeah. pulling her down to four she can get right in that pocket and uh try for three attacks see what damage we can do yeah so a a pretty nuts uh, attack here starting on kg i think or maybe it was black powder let's see well you rolled double crits so it didn't matter uh it was on black powder you managed to put the two damage on black powder drives him away so he's not supporting um for the next attacks you get your next attack rolling three successes here so if i recall correctly this is on kg and i was simply is. going yeah i was simply uh picking my targets here based on defense values um and so i could yep. push um you know the weakest defenses out to try to land the bigger attacks later yeah um, so i don't 
I don't get the damage down on mage here, right? Uh, so against KG, you kill him. Well, you hit him for one because you didn't roll a crit. Um, oh, sorry. Yes. Yeah. So so you rolled three successes. I couldn't get the crit to stop it. You push him out of the way. You go after mange um, with two successes, but I get the crit for mange to stop him from dying. Um, but at this point, my plan just got kind of blown up. Um, <laughs> it's not horrible, but it's also not great. Um, and I need to figure out what to do here. Power step, you put pretty natural senses out on a SAR car. Um, at this point, I don't know that that's making a huge difference. I'm assuming you're just getting somebody else in an upgrade. <laughs> this is uh, st strictly because I've got Conquer, Circlet in hand, and um, pre uh, Preternatural Senses is my only current upgrade in hand. Uh, this is a little early, um, but it is a defensive oh, bonus, right. so I decided yep. to go to it. Um, I'm trying to score a Divine Attention, and since Circlet yep. has to end up on him, uh, I might as well you know, uh, get that defensive one out a little early. Yeah. So, so I play the healing potion trying to just get uh, black powder back to full. I do not manage to heal all of it. I just get uh, a dodge. So I just heal one. Um, it still helps, but you duel the wits off of it. So you get some extra fuel from doing that. And I'm hoping to draw just one upgrade here. Uh, and I do. Um, yeah. I grab Envenom Spurs. Um, and, and really, it could have been any upgrade. Uh, and I would have been happy to see it. Uh, and Barging Forward, yeah. uh, which is perfect for this moment. Yep. So KG is uh, not long for this world. Barging Forward comes out, scattering toward, with hammer towards KG and managed to roll three hammers. So... KG is Dunsky's. Um, he gets bumped, takes the damage. At this point, you score the sudden demise, so it becomes a three glory kill with barging forward on KG. Um, yeah, I never thought to use barging forward uh, in combination with sudden demise uh, before this game, and it felt gross. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, so your, your consolation prize for not critting to kill him is that you get to kill him for three glory. Um, yeah, Se so seems good. So now you've got all the glory. Um, you've got your upgrades. You dump them out. And you manage to pick up your uh, divine attention as well. So a huge activation here. Um, some nice, some nice action from Kira, which we come to expect, but also um, pretty unfortunate for me, getting hit multiple times and then losing a fighter to a power card. Uh, at this point, I'm feeling the pressure because I have not really scored anything, and I've got two fighters left to try and do anything with. And the uh, score is currently nine glory to one. So yeah. I'm feeling <laughs> feeling pretty uh, safe with my lead at this point. Yep. Yeah, I've, I've managed to land two attacks, one of which was from uh, KG. So um, I really haven't done much with my attacks. Uh, the ones that I've gotten through have been fairly minor, um, just sort of as like setup attacks instead of kills, which is not everywhere you want to be. Um, so we go into my next activation. I don't really have a strong play for what I want to do here. Um, with killing KG, the more the meaner is out of the question. It's just not possible to be scored. 
I could have kept Mange in there to try and somehow picked up three um, of the swag counters, but it felt unlikely, and I figured you were probably going to try and kill uh, Mange fairly soon. So rather than keeping him there where he was giving um, supports, I decided I'll just run him over to the feature token and hope that uh, I can pick up Fearless Seekers here. So my activation is just to move Mange, and then we're on to your third, which is to bring in Sarkar to try and poke at Black Powder. And Black Powder manages to crit his way out of it. Like yeah, and the I don't... Like that he is. <laughs> and I don't actually have a, um offensive reason for where I end up parking Sarkar here. I've got uh, End Venom... Uh, and Venom Spurs on him. So if I had brought him in adjacent to Black Powder, which I could have easily done, um, I could have you know taken another shot at him while I've still got Lupin in a support position. Uh, I was playing it uh, cautious, which I think is kind of the mistake here. Um, not uh, not that that's um, you know uh, too much of a backslide or anything like that, but mm-hmm. I, at this point I should probably be pressuring my lead uh, yep. and not trying to play it safe by hanging out in a cover hex, um, reducing my chances at, at uh, offensive attacks here. Yeah, and I, I agree that you probably should be pressing your advantage, but you almost lose nothing here just because like you're so far ahead that it'd be tough for me to really take advantage of any sort of misplay. Um, so yeah, uh, I go to my final activation. I figure... All right, I've got the opening. I just rolled a crit in defense. Maybe I'll maybe I'll survive this. <laughs> I actually will run Black Powder over to the feature token, so I'm now standing on two objectives in enemy territory for Fearless Seekers. And I've already used one swag counter, so I figure I'll use the other one because at this point, picking up swag is almost impossible. And by doing so, I can inspire Black Powder. So I go ahead and do that and try and take a shot to... I believe, kill Lupin. Um, I managed to roll one crit, but you also managed to roll one crit. So nothing doing. I do take the consolation prize of pushing Lupin into a lethal, but one more damage on Lupin really doesn't do anything for me. But I figure at this point, I'll take what I can get. Um, So at this point in time, I do not know that you are completely upgrade clogged. So... (laughs) Yeah. I am worried about Dark Command immediately following up off of uh, Sarkar's position, given that he's charged. Um, yep. And that you just, you know, uh, handed handed him Lupin uh, on a platter. I'm like, oh, no, I've got, you know, two Savage Fighters next to each other. No. Um, and so it's like every time I passed power to you, I was just like, what gambit's about to come out? Uh, the whole Surprise. game. Surprise. <laughs> none. There are none. Um, yeah. Highly unfortunate. Indeed. So we go to your final activation here. You've got one fighter that you can activate, which we actually had a kind of a funny uh, back and forth before this activation because we were kind of talking through your options. And it's like, well, all your fighters are charged. You've got one choice. Yep. Um, so Goral's coming in. Uh, he's going to bring down the hammer. And uh, so he's trying to take out Black Powder. Rolls two successes. I roll no successes. So three damage is coming in. Black Powder is not dead, but he's hurting. And uh, unfortunately, you do choose to drive him back, which, of course, bricks my objectives. I will score nothing in this round. Um, I was scoring first 
we didn't play any power cards. So I ended up just ditching everything because it was basically unscorable at this point. And the likelihood of having two fighters left after that activation to score Fearless Seekers felt almost impossible. Um, and then I go ahead and I ditch two of the four upgrades that I had because I figured I could use some accuracy and some survivability so I can hold on to Great Fortitude and I had honed instincts I could put on mange, but um, I, in hindsight, maybe I should have ditched all of them. Um, and then I drew back up. And then for your scoring, what uh, what do you manage here? I um, do not score anything here. I've got uh, two oaths in my hand. Uh, one that's a surge for, so the orth, Oath of Slaughter, uh, which wants to see me either take down a large fighter or a second or subsequent enemy fighter in the same phase. Yep. Um, and then Oath of Fortitude. Um, there are three or more surviving friendly fighters, uh, or there are one or more surviving friendly fighters and no friendly fighters were um, taken out of action in this round. So um, I think in the moment I... I didn't end up scoring this simply because I wanted to hold it to announce it and get a second glory off of it. Um, especially since I was deciding in this moment to, uh, get rid of conquest. Um, yeah. So I didn't want to lean into conquest. I kind of wanted to stay on my side of the map and try to pressure, uh, black powder and mange, um, and kind of, uh, continue to prevent you from scoring, try to get, um, the big guy down and get two glory for his kill. So I'm abandoning conquest and I'm totally, absolutely not going to forget to announce Oath of Fortitude here in a moment. <laughs> oh, not at all. So, draw back up. We roll off for the final round. I managed to win it again. And I figure at this point, I have to do something here. So, I, I choose to go first. Um, so, I charge in with Mange. Um, the idea here being that all of my attacks are bad. Um, I don't have a great opportunity for trying to hit anybody really, but mange is on three dice. So I have a better chance of rolling crits. So I charge him onto the objective hex so that he can attack Goral. Um, and if I were to get lucky, I could actually kill him because I do have Grievous. I managed to roll one success, but against your three dice, you managed to roll a crit and multiple successes or a crit and one success for total of multiple successes, which um, isn't what I wanted. But after this activation, I can get toyed with because Lupin is already at one health left. So it's something. I have one more glory. I draw into Broadside, which at this point is also kind of bad because I don't really have any way to end up with more swag counters unless I start getting really lucky. Um, so... At this point, I'm thinking the best chance to save some face <laughs> here is to just try and survive. So I go ahead and put unfazed on black powder, um, try and get his defense up. Uh, power goes to you. You're putting down great strength. What is the thought process there? Uh, putting great strength down on Kira. Uh, she can run at mange and black powder once again for a scything attack. And yep. with that great strength, it means I'm not going to need that crit, uh, if, uh, I can get through, uh, to kill mange. Absolutely. Uh, so, and at this point in time, I have such bloodlust. I forget to declare my oaths. I, <laughs> I had <Just>, remembered <laughs> just ready, ready for those kills. Yep. 
I had remembered that uh, like I went to go announce them at the start of your turn. I I think I even said like wait, and then I was oh never mind. Uh, yeah, and it was because I was like ah like it's not the beginning of the round. It's you know at, the, at the start of your first activation. Yep. So yep. I, I I've already read the timing. I'm ready to do it, and then I see I all I see is two <laughs> juicy scything targets, and uh, I forget everything else. Yeah. So you come in. Uh, you actually managed to play unfazed on mange, so you get the free reroll against him as well. Uh, feels pretty bad. Oh yeah, unfair um, fight. Yep, yep. Yeah. So so here it comes, and you manage to roll one crit, and then the reroll for still just the one crit. But crits are the lifeblood of this game. I roll none, and mange is dead because, as you say. Uh, you had the damage, and then you managed to roll the crit anyway. So right. <laughs> <laughs> get him out of there. Uh, we don't need that monkey. Um, so he's completely pummeled. This this lets you score savaged because yeah. uh, you know you just got a kill. It's basically just get a kill. Uh, so pretty good there. Um, moving through your objectives more. Um, now going after Black Powder. Black Powder's got his two defense dice. You managed to roll uh, two successes here, a crit and a single. And I managed to roll a crit and a block. So the dice continuing to be crazy here. And Black Powder's not going down yet. Um, you drive him back further away. He's still near the lethal hex. And you're coming in with great fortitude. What is the thought process there? That is uh, an abundance of wealth. <laughs> I don't know what to do with my riches. Yeah, so Kira's getting up to five wounds here. Um, probably unnecessary, like you say, but, uh, you know, she... You know, actually looking back at it now, she Kira's just charged. I don't know... I don't know that there was a whole lot of chance that I was going to be killing her. Yeah. Um, because it's, re- like, not an efficient way I that- remember I was thinking, okay, like, uh, maybe Black Powder... Maybe black powder charges now, and I'm parked next to a lethal. Three damage plus lethal mm. equals a dead Kira. Um, yeah, but okay. W- what I'm forgetting is, do I care? She's charged <laughs> out. I should probably <laughs> yeah. toss that on to anybody else that could use a little bit more survivability. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, at this point, I'm looking at a multiple defense dice, lots of wounds, Kira, who's charged, and I'm just thinking, I don't want any part of that. Um, and I'm so far behind on glory. I'm just, I'm just at this point figuring I'll just try and get some kills. So what I do in my second is I charge next to Lupin, but instead of attacking him, I actually go after, I believe Sarkar or no, I was trying to hit Goral. Um, so a bit of a strange play here, but see in just a second why. So I'm, I'm swinging at him. I know it's a low chance to succeed. I roll no successes at all. Um, so definitely not working but i have dark command in hand so i finally get to play a ploy um second one of the game and i uh then i can just kill lupan in the power step but you quick roots me so i have one wound left so feeling bad because uh, i know you're running pings and i'm running pings lupin going down to dark command i i felt it earlier like it rippled back in time <laughs> and told me this was this is how he'll die yeah um so since you put black powder to one wound i was figuring okay maybe you have a follow-up i'll put great fortitude on him so he's a little harder to hit here uh so you can't just use a ping to take him down so put him up to seven wounds and he's got five on him so um you gotta at least put two more 
Um, and uh, so you, you come in with Goral here with the full intention of putting down more. Managed to roll the success, but Black Powder with the dice continues to crit out of attacks left and right. Um, the only one who can do anything in this game, <laughs> it would seem, for Black Powder's Buccaneers, which is fitting uh, because it's his Buccaneers. So you've now got Goral come in. I think at this point, at least for me, I was mostly just like, eh, we've got to just try and get some kills just to save face. What was your plan charging in? Are you just trying to end the game here? Yeah. Um, so I have a hand that still says kill you, yep. um, both with Shocking Raid looking for, which is something I've drawn into after Savage went off. Um, so I'm looking for a second subsequent successful attack here. Um, I don't even need it to kill. I just need it to be successful. And an Oath of Slaughter uh, taking down a large enemy fighter or um, since I've already taken out Mange, um, that second subsequent fighter there as well. Um, so either way, my cards are screaming, uh, kill the big man. <laughs> get, get him dead. Yeah. So so you charged in, don't hit. I, I decided to turn around and swing back because at this point, the only way I'm getting a kill pretty much is I'd either have to put two hits on either of your other fighters or I could maybe get lucky and kill Goral. So that's what I'm planning to try and do. You do manage to crit out of it, though. So we go to your third after Black Powder fails to connect again, Sarakar comes in, um, charging into a position where you can use your Envenom Spurs. You've got multiple chances here to put damage down that you need, and we'll see you roll a success on your first attack, but I will continue to roll crits, uh, thinking maybe, starting to have the glimmer of hope that maybe Black Powder just won't die here uh, because he just is too stubborn. I um, believe that there is a ship nearby and you have excellent cannon support. <laughs> so then you come in with the Envenom Spurs. You manage to get a support for a success here. Um, and I managed to get two successes. So it's continuing to not go down. Black Powder is still kicking here. Black Powder gets one final uh, attempt. And... Uh, he does manage to make a hit. So two dice looking for hammers against Goral. Goral yep. rolls three dice and goes down. Finally uh, got him. Uh, save, saved face here. Managed to pick up my fourth glory for the game. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I am at this point holding on to focal point. So I do know that if, if you don't manage to kill me, that I do have two more at least. So it's not good. I know I've lost the game at this point. But we'll see if Black Powder's stand can continue. Well, in Focal Point... Um, oh, no. I focal you... Point is... You're right. You need two fighters, one of them being friendly. So, no, I was completely done at this point. Uh, so, now the, the only question that remains is, will Black yeah. Powder survive round will, three? Will Black Powder survive? And so, Sarakar comes in again. Staff, uh, we managed to tie again. Or, no, you got me. You got me there. I uh, I miss both attacks. Oh no! Oh yeah! Yeah yeah! No, you do. You did yeah. miss. I, uh, I after you after Kira landed that that one attack on Mange um, at the beginning of the game, despite having tons of additional attacks, um, I'm not able to break through. Um, yeah. A uh, avenge folded captain's <laughs> brow 
Yeah. It was there, not happening. It was a game of like really weird dice where it was just like nobody. I couldn't land anything early. You couldn't land anything late. I had weird cards. It was just an all around weird game. Um, but it ends with black powder just managing to survive, uh, nothing to be able to be scored. Um, and so then we sort of go through a few things. You, I don't think score anything else here either. So the game ends at 10 to four, which is a very low scoring game for double aggro, especially with gnarl spirit pack. Um, I don't know if some of that was just new exposure to this deck, not really knowing what was coming. Um, do you have any thoughts or feelings about that? Um, I think on my side, it's just kind of how the game played out for me. Um, yeah, yeah. I could have I could have scored one more if I um, allowed Oath uh, of Fortitude to score in round two, but I kept it. Uh, looking to uh, make up tossing conquest out, um, mm-hmm. and uh, even if I had declared it, uh, because I did, I did forget. Uh, even though, or so, even if I had, um, I don't have three surviving fighters at the end of this round, um, so it wasn't going to score here. What could have scored um, uh, had I announced uh, oath of slaughter and shocking raid and got in a. Uh, a kill in through on black powder. I mean, that ends up looking like uh, an additional five glory right there off of, yeah. um, you know, two additional damage coming down on him. Um, so I think, I think the deck played well. Uh, I think it, you know, it was really close to um, yeah, scoring uh, even a th- uh, you know, an extra 50% of what it scored. Um, yeah. Uh, I-, I liked it overall. And um I'm looking forward to talking to you about how we felt out about the rules. Um, but before we do that, um, how'd you feel about uh, Black Powder in this matchup? Yeah. Um, so in this matchup specifically, I, I know that like I was hoping to do more in the early activations before your fighters kind of got revved up. Um, getting the extra defense really hurts me. And so I was wanting to sort of make hay in round one and I basically didn't do anything in round one. So I was feeling kind of bad about that. And then, um, basically didn't do anything of consequence, uh, (laughs) until round three when everybody was dead. So, um, it felt kind of bad, but, um, you know, the, the deck came out really poorly. Um, and there's, you know, it's part of it's part of aggro aggro matchups, right? It's like dice are a really big part of how the game's going to play out because getting those hits means you have glory, which means you can play your upgrades. And if you have the right ploys at the right time, you can also just do so much more than you otherwise would. Um, so that's just kind of part of the the territory of playing aggro, and I think plenty of people know that. So I I don't want to sort of dwell on that too much. Um, having the ability to do the pickpocket stuff before um, you had actually had any upgrades played though was actually a pretty big deal. Um, I didn't break any upgrades at all during this game, but I was able to still inspire mange and get some extra swag counters because of these changes. And I think that that's a very impactful change to have Um, because otherwise I would have had to have been focusing on your like most tooled up fighters and that just feels awful. 
So um, like it would have made a bad matchup much worse if it didn't have the beta rules, to be sure. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So I would say, you know, we we'd posed the question at the beginning. Do, what what were you expecting the impact to be? I was expecting that the impact is going to be very high. Um, I figured I'd get more swag counters. I'd be able to, you know, be inspiring fighters all over the place. But um, this game, unlike the other one that I played against Davey and some of the other Nemesis games that I played, sort of highlights how reliant Black Powder still is on landing attacks, even with these changes. And if you don't land those attacks early, even with the changes, you're still not inspiring your fighters and you're still not getting swag counters. And if you're not getting swag counters, you can't fire the gun. And so, like, the change is good. The change is impactful. It definitely brings Black Powder into a place where I think he's, like, a, a you know, good warband now. You can actually make him work and do things, whereas previously we were, like, always playing with a hand tied behind your back. Um, but... But I think, like I said, this this game highly uh, shows what can happen when your main mechanic relies on landing hits and you don't. Um, and so it's it's still going to be one of those things where you're not a super consistent warband. Um, what you want to do is very much tied to landing with some inaccurate attacks early. And that is always a bit of a risk. So I'd say in practice, after this game and after the games against Davey, there there's a um, there's a swinginess that comes with Black Powder, even with this change. That uh, I think there will be times where it feels like is almost too good, where it's like I can land all these hits and get immediately inspired and gain swag and like everything's going right, and it's crazy because you go up to like three dodge and just there's. Oh, so many things going against your opponent when you get those hits rolling. But knowing that that's not going to happen all the time, it kind of balances out. Um, did you have any thoughts about Black Powder having now faced them? Uh, yeah, I I think they're more formidable um, than ever before. I, I really, really like the change. Um, I think in time we'll see, um, we'll see a lot more of them. And... Uh, we'll, we'll see how far it moves the needle. It's definitely uh, positive. I think it bumps them up um, uh, at two tiers. Uh, just generally speaking, I'm not actually looking at like a tier list or anything like that. Um, <laughs> yeah. But um, I, I would say like it, um, you know, the, the the bump was serviceable enough where like it there's momentum to say like they bumped up past, you know, they're, they're running past other war bands that they were behind before. Um, and then uh, one thing that always um, sits in the back of my mind is, you know, whether one shield uh, defense is enough for black powder. Um, and, you know, it might be um, in the championship, you can tool them up. So you had unfazed, um, to help there. And then in Nemesis, he's got so much health. Um, and, and you could go this way in Championship too, because you could just lean into health upgrades or heal upgrades. Like there's enough health there where you really don't ever have to worry about getting burst down um, too quickly. So maybe one shield is enough. It, it's kind of always been the sticking point for, uh, for me. Um, and I, before seeing this change, it's one of the things that I thought I would have seen. Um, mm -hmm. 
I definitely didn't expect to see this reaction reworked to see, you know, the, um, the crew and the, you know, the companion mob, uh, inspiring, uh, which makes them all so much more defensive, um, and survivable. And then, um, that, that up, Grade to the swag counter too so he's going to be able to take more shots and lean into those those swag upgrades or um, objectives so uh overall uh really positive and you know i know at the end of the game um it's 10 to 4 uh and that's a six glory differential and that's significant at the end of the game um but i never felt like you were completely out of the game, like if I froze up and you got a, ch- a chance at momentum, um, like I was nervous of that. And that's not something I've felt against Black Powder before. Yeah. Yeah. If he lands some more of those uh, hits with the Cutlass, I think there is that there is an opportunity that he could turn things around a little bit. Um, not knowing what my hands were, you probably didn't realize how far out of it I was. Right. Yes. I, I can yep. see where on the other side of it, it's like, oh man, he could still claw his way back into this. So, exactly, um, yeah. And and I feel some of the other games I've played with him, it has felt more like, you know, I'm never completely out unless I've lost both the companions. Um, the, I think they're actually more important than um, anybody else in the warband. Um, I mean, maybe Black Powder is more important, but the companions can do so much work by themselves. Um, that I almost feel like they can actually pull the weight if you lose black powder better than black powder can if you lose them. Um, but that's that's been my experience in Nemesis. I haven't played him enough in Championship to know how that feels. Sure. Uh, but yeah, let's let's shift gears then. Let's talk about Gnarl Spirit Pack. I don't know that there's actually as much to say here. What what is what was your thought in practice? How did the change affect your game? So I had recently just played against them. Um, uh, Brian was running them Nemesis style in our tournament, and it was because uh, he had challenged me, and he really wanted the momentum of a challenge in our, or not tournament, sorry, uh, in our league. Uh, yeah. So if you if you win um, a challenge game, it essentially offsets two losses. Uh, so uh, it you're never you're never truly out um, if you still have challenges at your disposal. Uh, so he was like, I'm, I'm coming in with the the toughest guns. I'm bringing Narl Spirit Pack against you. Know, I was like, oh boy. Um, well, for our league, um, when we saw the beta rules go live, uh, we we adopt them wholeheartedly. Um, so uh, right right away, he knew that he would be playing with that, and I was really curious uh, then to see if it would move the needle. So. Um, that being said, in that game, I was delighted to see them slower at the beginning across the table from me. Um, they still demolished me uh, in that game. I was bringing uh, my Mad Mob um, Fearsome Fortress deck, uh, which I have dubbed Headcrackers Fort Crackers. Uh, <laughs> uh, but uh, uh, regardless of getting demolished, uh, I was happy to see the slowdown early and I felt it on this side as well. Um, it creates more interesting choice, like, uh, in the fact that like I wanted to go for that scything pressure, right? Well, that was going to cost me another activation to go for that scything pressure. Um, I, you know, in tandem with the restrictions, um, in championship, 
Uh, I'm really curious to see um, the total impact uh, in Nemesis. Mm-hmm. I don't. I, I don't think it does enough, um, personally. And uh, one thing I wanted to kind of segue into as well is beta rules in general. Um, so uh, I mentioned that we adopted them in the league wholeheartedly. Uh, but I wish that wasn't a choice our league was making. Uh, I wish the documentation um, the came out, um, these format rules uh, that include beta rulings, I wish it stated that um, this change was to be implemented immediately uh, for, all, for all play, for all organized play uh, anyways. Um, because I think that that is how we how we test the rules. Um, and if it's up to tournament organizers, it puts them in a weird spot on whether or not they should include the beta rule. And then that, that leaves uh, people heading to tournaments in a weird spot of having to, especially if it's not posted immediately, well, are the beta rules going to be in play here or are they not? Because um, maybe, I, maybe I'm planning on opposing them, like I'm planning on seeing them there and I need to... Uh, build my deck in a certain way uh, to try to offset, you know, whatever the beta rule is to try to offset that beta rule. Or maybe I'm planning on bringing them and I'm super unsure as to, um, you know, how that's going to affect me if I need to bolster um, some uh, some strengths or defenses. So I I suppose that's all to say. I just uh, strongly wish that the language that we were receiving from GW about these beta rules was in, was indeed that all organized play needed to adopt them immediately. I, I would rather it signal a change, signal that, um, hey, we're considering a change, we're not locking it in yet. Uh, it kind of puts the change in a state of flux. It lets the community know exactly what they're honing in on and that indeed something will change there. It's just we're not 100% sure we've got the, the right um, ointment for uh, the treatment here. Um, and then once the beta rule has seen enough play, has seen enough data uh, come back to GW, they can either alter it and it continues to be a beta rule uh, that must be um, followed through organized play, or it leaves beta rule and kind of graduates. And we can all say like, oh, okay, like um, that beta rule that we've all been trying out has um, solidified. It's now written in stone. That's how they work. Um, I'd rather I'd rather that be the implementation. Yeah, uh, completely agree. Couldn't, couldn't say it any better. I think um, we definitely... You know, if they're going to have experimental rules, we have to play with them so that we can know whether they work or not. And so, yeah, I I highly encourage everyone to use them. I I agree that it would be nice if they were mandatory to be tried out, but at least in tournament settings. But as it stands, you know, for anybody who is even considering them, give them a try so that you know what it feels like. And if you know, like, no, it's not enough or yes, I think this is a good, good, good move. Um, to sort of get back to the gnarl spirit pack just quickly i like i said i don't have a whole lot to say i think it's nice that they're slowed down for round one it's sort of like basically they're going to be ramped up for you know everything in round two and and in that way it almost feels a little bit like um the uh deep the deep can and that like 
you're sort of gearing towards everybody being at full power for round two. Um, obviously, there's some ways around that. You can do more than just charge with each of your activations. So you could, you know, as, as we saw in the game, you could like go on guard and then your next activation, you'll be a, uh, the beast form. But even still, um, it, it's a nice change and it pairs i think fairly nicely with the restrictions that they got um, obviously that doesn't affect nemesis at all so not having the restrictions i think like you said does mean that this is uh, a bit of a light change for nemesis um and we'll see what that means going forward i mean nemesis looks like it's becoming more and more prevalent which also means that the balance changes that are being made for championship aren't going to be as impactful which you know as i said have to wait and see what happens i don't think we can really speculate on that just yet um but we will certainly follow up if we continue to see that pattern and we will definitely talk about it um but for trying to dissect these warbands i think that's a pretty good rundown and that's all of the bat rep do you have any final thoughts for folks about the two warbands the changes or anything about our game uh, no, no additional thoughts at this time. Yeah. At this, at this time. <laughs> at this juncture. Okay. Uh, yeah, me neither. I think we covered it and it was a fun game. Um, you know, it's, it's swingy, but it was good. And um, I look forward to trying out more of both of these warbands. Um, although we are definitely in full nemesis mode as everybody is practicing for Adepticon. Uh, as always, if you are have any thoughts about these changes if you have any thoughts about the episode or anything else that you'd like to get in touch with us about you can do so at wthcast on twitter or what the hexcast at gmail.com um if you'd like and uh we highly encourage that you do um head on over to the mortalrealms.com you can check out all of our other episodes all of our other content and all the other content in the mortal realms network uh we've got different shows for all the different age of sigmar related games and stories so if you are an Age of Sigmar fan, go and check those things out. Uh, coming up in our next episode, we are really, really hoping that we see more of the RNI. Um, we know they're supposed to come out in February, but as we are recording, there is still yet no uh, notification about any sort of pre-orders. And we only have two weeks left in February, so they're cutting it pretty close here. But, but that is what we are hoping for. We are hoping for an RNI episode for our next ep. Um, otherwise, we are doing a special episode 100 uh, sort of crazy tournament where we take suggestions from you, the listeners, about what we are going to be playing in this tournament. And then all of us podcast uh, hosts are going to play each other with those decks that you suggested. Um, so head on over to our Discord shoot us an email, shoot us a tweet, whatever you want to do to let us know about what you think we should be playing. And uh, we will definitely be having some follow-up about those games uh, down the road. But that is uh, about what we know so far about what could be coming up next. Uh, Skylar, are you ready for a flavor text quiz? Always. <laughs> All right. So I was having a hard time choosing between these ones, but I think I think I'll go with this one. Uh there I was, surrounded by Sigmar's do-gooders. There I was, surrounded by Sigmar's do-gooders. 
Okay, so it feels like Black Powder is at a pub telling a story, <laughs> telling a story. Oh, oh. Does he? He has he has an objective that that has to do with stories like tales. Yep. Bold, uh, bold tales. That's bold tales. You got it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Good job. Good job. Yeah, I felt like a bold tale would be appropriate for this this uh, fight that we just had. I like it. Good job. And then to close things out for folks, we have a recommended listening for you. Uh, I'm going to be recommending Change on the Rise because we are discussing the FAR and all of the wide-reaching changes of these beta rules. This is by Avi Kaplan. Uh, you can go check him out on pretty much all streaming platforms. Um, and uh, yeah, I think it's a good one to go check out. For What the Hex, I've been Phil. And I've been Skyler. I've forgotten their name in this very moment. Uh...